Hey everybody, and thanks for tuning in to Starting a Record Label. This is a podcast about starting a record label. All the crap I gotta go through, and uh, yeah, if you're following along at all, um, well, if you're following along in the world at all, you understand that this last week or two weeks now, I'm probably gonna go into more like a month or two of craziness in the world, is probably postponing a little bit of you know, starting the record label stuff. I mean, obviously, with everything shut down, I mean, I'm living in here in Los Angeles. There's not a lot you can actually, or you're not supposed to do. There's no gatherings of more than 10 people. So, and most uh, non-essential stores and whatnot have been shut down. Uh, all shows, basically, any concerts or anything. I was actually hoping to start getting out and seeing some artists I might have been interested in. And uh, that's just all kaput, probably at least for another month. I doubt that we're going to get back to any kind of normal uh, living here anytime soon. And that really puts a damper on a lot of the stuff that I want to do. Because, you know, like I'd I'd said in previous podcasts, I've been saving up some money. Um, I'd been starting to do some extra side gigs besides mixing. And even even now, the mixing stuff has dried up completely because nobody's making music you know everybody's if they are making music they're doing it in their own home and just putting out demos but um yeah i mean everything's kind of kind of shut down completely so i was out this week i was actually planning on getting uh my llc started and uh i i think let's see i i really gotta look up the exact number of what we came to a couple weeks ago and it uh i look back there and it seems to be about 16 510 for about how much? Uh, so that's $16,510 for about as much as I think in the in a year's space of how much I'll be able to spend. And I, I especially with adding the LLC stuff on here, um, it's at least $800 just per year for in California to have an LLC. It's basically part of your taxes. You're basically paying at least $800 a year for having an LLC, which I think is kind of highway robbery, but welcome to California. And uh, so that plus like I think a $70 filing fee. And if you're going through something that makes it a lot easier, like um, was it the legal docs or whatever, like uh, legal zoom. Uh, it's probably going to be an extra couple hundred bucks on that. So, I mean, that's kind of reaching up into 18 grand in a year anyway. That's, uh, that's a nice little car <laughs> for anyone else out there. Um, but, you know, with with all the crazy stuff going along, I haven't been able to do a lot of work. Even, uh, I, like I said, I was doing some side gigs, some uh, grocery delivery and other things just on the weekends to give a 400 500 a week and that stuff has dried up like just because i'm not really interested in catching coronavirus <laughs> i'm um especially towards this week where things are really jumping up it's i think it's up to about thirty-five thousand people uh just in california i think it was um having it i mean it's pretty much you know you're adding exponential amount of people every day so I am staying away from that temporarily here. <laughs> so I don't know what else, much else to, to report on at this point in time. What I am going to do is uh, I have an interview that I never released. 
an interview last year that I did with a guy named Cam Irvin. And he uh, has a YouTube page called uh, The Print Life. And he also runs Monument Limited uh, out of, uh, I think, Phoenix, where he has, you know, he does t-shirts and he does merch and all kinds of stuff. And he's, you know, he's been in that scene for a real long time. He does awesome YouTube videos, even teaching people how to do it on their own. And I was kind of interested in like, hey, how could we, you know, how could we do some of this stuff on our own at first? Or, or maybe even simple jobs, you know, like one color, or this or that, and see if that is that actually doable for, you know, a small band, like DIY stuff, make things a little bit more intimate with the fans. And uh, I sat down with an interview for him, probably over an hour, I think, and it was a great interview. However, it was for my other podcast called A Band's Life. And I'll give you a little short rundown of, ba- of A Band's Life. Uh, a Band's Life was uh, an idea I had last year, a year before, of interviewing artists, finding out what new things that they were doing in the industry things to keep their band fresh things to keep uh to help other bands i was like hey maybe we could share this information and uh, you know help help everybody out well what it kind of turned out to be is i interviewed a lot more than actually what what i uh put out on the channel and even then it was actually really hard to get bands especially any bands with any kind of notoriety to accept to do any kind of podcast or interview oftentimes i was trying to you know catch up with them trying to actually get them to answer an email or a text or anything and they just wouldn't i don't know if they were largely uninterested in what i was doing or i don't know i feel like and I, and I know my, this might get me into a little bit of trouble. I feel like rock bands in general are lazy-ish. Maybe not even lazy. Man, that's probably a bad word. I feel like they have a certain mentality about them that thinks they that think they don't need to do certain things. Um, social media is one of them. I think they think it's below them. Um, I don't like necessarily it's like a purposefully like mean, angry thing. But uh, they probably see, you know, younger YouTube people doing stuff. And they're like, I don't want anything to do with that. And I understand that. I really do. But in this world, everything's kind of changed topsy-turvy on its head. And when you see rappers and whatnot coming up doing crazy amounts of social media and getting out there and making quite a bit of money, you can't just sit there with your hands going, I don't know why I'm not making money. I don't know why I'm not doing so well. It just doesn't make any sense if you're not if you're not doing every absolute possible thing you can. It doesn't make any sense. So anyway, from what I learned with that podcast, I think there's only like nine episodes or whatever. The bands that I actually uh, did interviews with were doing were doing a little bit of social media and some other things to help themselves out. Some of them were doing pretty well. The other ones, not so much. And uh, even like I I'd done a couple other bands, and uh, one of them even flat up told me they didn't want to do anything on social media at all even though they had already kind of done something that seemed to be doing pretty well. And I was like, why, why am I even interviewing these bands if they're not actually going to do anything like what the channel was meant to be? So anyway, I started uh, heading in a different direction with that channel and eventually kind of just closed that channel altogether because nobody was really interested in anything else. However, the last interview that I did that I was talking about now that you're going to be listening to in a second um, with Cam was a great interview, and I think that maybe could revitalize that a band's life channel if uh, we got a lot of people interested. So I'm going to post it here, and I'm gonna actually probably going to post it on the Band's Life channel. It's a, it's a YouTube channel and a podcast similar to this one. Actually, it actually has video for everything. 
I'm actually looking forward to maybe doing more video for this podcast, even though it's just mainly going to be me sitting here anyway. You're going to be looking at my ugly mug. And uh, maybe if I go somewhere else and talk to another person or, or via Skype or something, you'd see that. But for right now, this is a video you can see on the YouTube page, or you can just listen to it here. I mean, it's just great listening to it anyway. But I interviewed Cam at his uh, print shop in Phoenix. And uh, we just, you know, so we sat there and we talked and it was, it was a great interview just talking about different kinds of merch and how bands can get started and uh, maybe pitfalls that they run into. It was pretty fun. So at least for this week, I'm going to release that interview. I probably should give Cam a heads up since I, I think we did this like last summer. <laughs> I was like, oh yeah, it'll be a couple months and I'll put this up. And uh, we never actually, I never actually got to putting it up. But uh, without further ado, Cam Irvin from The Print Life. Hey guys, it's Josh from A Band's Life and I'm here with Cam from Monument Limited, The Print Life YouTube channel, Cam at, at Cam Irvin on Instagram and Twitter, blah, 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 blah. Cool. I, uh, a lot of times I've been recording bands and asking them questions about the industry uh, to help other bands. And this time uh, I was passing through Phoenix and I said, hey, like one of these guys is a YouTube guy that does the Prince a lot of t-shirts. I'm sure we could ask him a bunch of questions and see if uh, you guys are interested. So my dog is down here too and she's <laughs> squeaking away. <laughs> I'm going to hang on guys. Fine. <clears throat> All right. Fuck off. All right. There we go. Real quick. Oh, this is the princess. All right. So yeah, man. Uh, thank you for coming too, by the way. Oh, yeah, I like to get in here with meet different people. Don't get that opportunity very often. I'm often isolated in my little cave here, so I appreciate it. No problem, man. Thanks for thanks for saying yes to just you know random dude on the internet being like, hey, can I come by your spot and like record you? I know it's weird sometimes. <laughs> just for bands in general, go. Let's uh, let's just do a general rundown of like what happens when they want to buy merch. Yeah, one of the best parts of being a printer for bands is just the fact that. They often come with their artwork, right? Within this industry, a lot of the times that doesn't happen. So I think that's why shops like myself and many others actually prefer working with bands because they come with that part already done. So if you are a band and you have your artwork, we're gonna love you. Mm -hmm. So, but once, once you have the artwork and all that stuff lined out, I think it just comes down to either stopping by your shop or just doing your research and figuring out what type of shirt you want. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? That's a um, I feel like for most people, or for, I don't know, just get bands and individuals in general, they have a certain feel that they're going for, they have a certain look that they're going for, but they often, they don't know where to start. So you gotta take a trip to the shop. Exactly. And you just gotta, you gotta get a feel for what the shirts are. Dude, I'm sorry, I'm so fucking distracted. GG. <laughs> Chill. Okay? Uh, so you gotta get a, you gotta get a feel for that. Uh, and then from there, I guess you're just gonna get your quotes. Call, I would say, at least three shops. Mm -hmm. Figure out um, what their prices are. But more importantly, I think one of the biggest defining factors for a good shop versus a is if they answer the phone on the first or second ring. Nice. If they respond to emails, you know, in a timely manner, that kind of stuff. That because that's a big indicator. Yes. As to how how much they're on top of it. Like the customer service will be shown just for the fact that they're going to answer this freaking phone. Yeah, and like, and uh, one of the things that I found, especially when I was starting as a shop early on, is how people were like, like you would answer like on the first or second ring, and they would like, <laughs> they're not ready to tell. Yeah, they're like, so, so, so you answered your phone, sweet. This is what I got, you know. So I think that that's a really important indicator as to whether you as a band will be able to move forward with them and consistently get stuff from them. Mm -hmm. uh, and then from there, you know, you can see samples on their prints and just see if it if it has the look that you want. 
And then, um, yeah, from there, it's pretty safe. I don't know, dude. At that point, you just pull the trigger, maybe start with a um, slightly smaller order. Mm-hmm. Uh, don't go, don't get like your full 100 piece, 1,000 piece run out the gate. Get maybe get 12 pieces. Taste. Yeah, it's going to cost a little bit more, but it's worth it because you're just figuring out if they're doing it the way you want. That's true. Yeah. Like you said, you like that when uh, they bring their own uh, designs. There are, yeah, because it is, it's, um in the print industry, it's such a bottleneck. Like every, everything comes down to the art and it can, it, from a print shop's point of view, it can suck a lot of the time that they have available for you. Mm-hmm. The art part can. So by the time you're done with the whole art process, they're like, I don't want to fucking, I don't want to deal with you no more. <laughs> so having the, having the art there for them and all they have to do is worry about producing the, the final product. It's a, it's a huge win for the shop. Do you ever have to like deal with like people that just do things poorly to where that's like maybe bad, uh, they don't know how to like deliver the data? No, um, and I think in 2019 that's finally starting to change. The early days of a print shop, it was a, it was a logistical nightmare, getting the sizes and the shirt colors and all that stuff, and then the people are kind of really flaky. They don't really know which way they want to go, so they're not very confident about it. Mm-hmm. But now, like, there's all these, like, I have a, a really cool tool on my website for shops to use and that I use that makes getting the information from the client easier, mm-hmm. right? So, And I think that that's another important thing that a band would want to consider is how easy it is for them to give the information to the to the shop yeah so that's it's important and it's getting a lot better now it used to be a mess when i was in a band in the late 90s early 2000s you know the internet stuff started coming about to where you couldn't you didn't have to go to an actual place you could actually go online and say hey i need stickers <laughs> and so i i remember making in like windows paint like my sticker where i setting it off and being pissed when i came back it was all pixelated well yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, i wonder what's the problem that's true man and uh so i th- okay so that was kind of what your question was in regards to the, the yeah, quality the of files. the art yeah that is important that is important and, and i think that like a standard if you're having an artist created or if they're illustrating it they want to hit that 300 dots per inch on the artboard okay they're working in photoshop or illustrator or whatever and they need to scale it to final print size. Okay. So like this thing, you know, 11 inches, yeah. the artist should have created that on an 11 inch art, artboard at 300 dots per inch. Okay. So that's a pretty basic technical stuff, but yeah, if you're working in window paint and shit like that, or if you provide a graphic from your cell phone, yeah. print results <laughs> may vary. Nice. You know? And this one. dog, dude, this dog, she's driving me crazy. <laughs> So sweet. She's so quiet all day. You show up and <laughs> hey, it's, it's an explosion here. of energy. <laughs> what would you say would be like the? Because you said uh, maybe you should test out like like a printer first. What would be like the easiest uh, thing to do for a band like to print, like uh, as opposed to maybe like something I don't know. If maybe this is a harder to do. That's pretty straightforward. Is that straightforward too? The harder stuff is when you're, um, especially for like smaller to mid-sized shops like ours, mm-hmm. is when it, when it's a graphic that requires like eight colors. I mean, even if you're reproducing like a photograph, a lot of the times that can require a handful of colors. Yeah. Anything that's, um, if you just look at it and you're like, oh, there's reds and blues and greens and yellows and all this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Those are those can be more difficult, and it may require you to go with a shop that has higher color capacity okay right but the 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 trade-off with them a lot of the time is it's just the setups and the initiation fees will be a little bit higher yeah because you're gonna have like eight colors and that's gonna have how many screens that they have to exactly so like i think for a band if you're if you're especially if you're starting out trying to keep costs down 
Try to create your early graphics that are around that three, and no more than four colors, and you're gonna really push it at six, but anyone can print that one. Mm -hmm. That's where I would say you start with yeah. the graphics, is around six colors, unless you're willing to pay for it. Mm -hmm. But if you're over six, it's gonna, it's gonna hurt. Is there like a really, really big difference, kind of like in a price chunk, say if a uh, band just wants like a one color, like white on black or oh, whatever? Yeah. Oh, for sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, well, yeah, I mean, if you can get away with like one to three colors, you're in the sweet spot. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? But I, I've always noticed a trend, especially with bands like in the hardcore scene, mm -hmm. where they, they do these like crazy hyper graphics, you know, with all these different colors in them and stuff. So they end up paying for them, especially because they're not, especially smaller bands, they're not printing 5,000, you know, units. They may be printing uh, 50 to 300, yeah. maybe 500 on a, like on a, if they're Hyper. really killing it locally or something like that. But, you know, the average band, in all honesty, is printing, I mean, for, for one graphic set, they'll do typically between, like, 36 and 200. That's where you'll find most people landing, most okay. bands landing, yeah. yeah. Merch doesn't sell as much as I think people wish it would. Some bands have better experience with it. But. I feel like it's a lot of that was probably more than, like, not getting out and pushing it as much. Dude. <laughs> yeah, I, you know what? I've always been intrigued by, I mean, I'm not a musician, played guitar in high school, quit shortly after. But I'm intrigued by the whole aspect of marketing a shop, or not a band, Me too. <laughs> of marketing a band. I, I feel like there's a lot of parallels between business marketing and band marketing. And so like bands that have no business sense or marketing sense, I just don't, they can't, I would assume they just can't go anywhere. Yeah. And one, I, I know a bunch of bands and one of the things that I've noticed with them I don't, I don't even know if you want to go here with oh, this kind totally. of thing. Yeah. Is that they have this they have this really strange sense of entitlement and they think the people the bands that make it got it because they were in the right place at the right time and mm -hmm. all this kind of shit. But I think the reality, just like with any business opportunity, you you are in the right place at the right time by being everywhere all the time and doing everything all the time. And like if that magic thing does come to help push you, you're already ready when you get you're there. You're already ready. If you're not ready, then that magic thing just is not going to happen. Yeah, like if you look at if if there's 10 slots and the average band fills 3 of them, but you your band fills nine out of ten. Your odds are much better that when that opportunity shows up in one of those spots, you're going to hit. Exactly. So I think it's just something that they don't. Yeah, they feel like it's like about some kind of magic thing that like, I'm going to put stuff up on the internet and I don't have to really like. Maybe it's not like I don't have to work for it, but like, oh, it's this is what I just need to do is just put it out there and something will happen like magical. Yeah, yeah. I remember when I was twenty. That's kind of how I thought too. I just thought you had to just put it out there and everyone would realize how wonderful you mm -hmm. are, right? But there's just uh, there's so much more to it than that, and, and um, I was going somewhere with that, and I kind of lost track. Sorry, but I think it's no, it's good. That's the that's the game, bro. Um, but I I think it's very important for bands to really uh, understand that they're it's a it's a full blown business, and you have to you have to treat it like that, and you have to go all in. I I don't think that a band can be I in my personal opinion, maybe one of them can be working to support the band, but dude, you can't. I feel like it's a full-time job. That it has to be. I feel like if it's just one, then there's going to be some kind of animosity yeah, at that sure. point. Yeah. Like, I'm the one that's like, I'm working to pay the bills here. <laughs> that's right. And I bet you it's actually harder today than it was like you know, in the 80s or 90s, too, because there's there's so much of it. I bet it's tough. I mean, yeah, it's so weird to think about that, too, because but like back then you could, you would sell tapes and CDs and people could buy them. Now mm -hmm. it's a lot of just streaming. Yeah. And I feel like then you could buy people a little bit more interested in like having the merch and whatnot. That's, that could be true. There wasn't video games. That's true, least yeah. not like what we have nowadays. Yeah. But 
Uh, yeah, I, I, I've it's actually tough. never looked at the numbers to see like from the, the early '90s compared to like uh, almost 2020 or 2019 what the merch sales were mm-hmm. from the 90s. It'd be interesting to look that. I wonder like I wonder if there's some kind of way that you could look that up. I'm sure there's statistics out there. Let's I just never know. bothered to look <laughs> at it. Yeah. Drop into the comments. Let us know a little something. Hey, stupid idiots. <laughs> this is how you do that. Yeah, man. What's the what's the hardest part about purchasing merch, do you think? It's it is the um just understanding the process Mm -hmm. it's just getting the information to the printer and then just finding the right printer that fits what you need so there are some print shops that are doing shorter run they're set up so specifically for band merch that they will literally take a 24 piece order and they'll ship it to wherever you're at so that you as the band don't have to like if you're if you're on tour Mm -hmm. you don't have to lug the shit around with you like they'll print what you need for that show and do it and then others won't Mm -hmm. right so like we won't fuck that (laughs) but so there are shops that will um and it will cost you more per piece of course yeah but it gives you you're paying for like a nice level of convenience right Mm -hmm. so once you've kind of figured out logistically what you want then it just does what we were talking about earlier it comes down to uh just getting the information to the printer that's it dude there's really nothing too difficult about it most shops worth half a shit they can give you a deadline mm-hmm. and they'll get them to you within that deadline uh, but I do think that's another very important thing especially if you haven't printed before allow three weeks dude mm-hmm. from the time you initiate contact it's probably gonna take you about a week mm-hmm. and then most shops will be anywhere between 7 and 14 day turnaround from the time you pay the deposit so allow some time, especially on that first one. Once they're familiar with you, they can give you faster turnarounds most of the time. But okay. in the beginning, but they know what's going down. Yeah, allow some time. Do do not if you call a printer and they haven't worked for you before, and it's like four days out, do you're you're gonna have a hard time. Yeah. Or you're gonna pay so much because you're gonna have guys running at night. Uh huh. You're gonna have guys running at night. Uh, the extra the artwork. There's a lot more risk involved. There's a whole mocking mocking up process. And when you're when you as the band is in a rush to approve it, you may approve shit and you didn't actually look it over. And then you get it and you're like, oh shit, it's missing the e at the end <laughs> of our name, right? So you just want to allow time. Okay. Very important. Do not fuck that up, especially on the first ones. Would you think that uh, maybe getting stuff locally is better than like uh, something that's further away, or is yeah. that maybe caught in the cost? Like, no, you, you want to go local, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, again, dude, if you if you open up Google Maps and you and you type in screen printing, it looks like a herpes outbreak. Yeah. There's shops everywhere. To the so, it's, <laughs> so it's just your. It's up to the band to do their due diligence. Like I said, maybe do get three or four runs small runs done from independent shops to find which ones first off hit their deadline Mm -hmm. second the quality is where you want it to be uh, and then you can gauge from there if you're going to move forward with them but yes i would say almost a hundred percent stay locally okay especially in the beginning as you start moving up in numbers and volume then you can start really price shopping but in the beginning do you just want convenience yeah i think you can see opinion. it. You can even maybe go there, like this place. Yeah. Like, hey, how's it run? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. You can see how it goes down. And a lot of the smaller shops, not all, but a lot of them will, like, let you literally come to the shop the day they're producing it, and you can see it come off the thing to make nice. sure it looks the way you want, you know? That so, might actually be a cool idea. Like, 
a lot of a lot of social media stuff for bands you need you need help guys so yeah. like maybe just to add some stuff to what's going out to your feed be like hey we're gonna go to the shop and watch our dudes print this stuff real, real quick and just you know take a five minute you know video of what's going on in the shop as your stuff's printing up oh shit yeah like you know because i have the youtube channel the print life on youtube subscribe but like yes please but i i love it when clients want to come down and film what's what's happening and film it coming off the thing because it's 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 marketing for me Right, because they're now pushing it out to you. So if you hit up the shop and say, hey, can we get some footage for our thing? Most of them are gonna be hella down to do it. So do it. That's great for your social media too. Yeah. yeah. Do you ever get like a, a band or, or it doesn't have to be a band, it could be a client or whatever, but just, you know, you walk them through a bunch of stuff and then in the end, they're still just not happy? Yeah, oh yeah, it's, it's part of the game. Yeah. And most shops are, I think, used to it. Um, you do everything you can to make it right. But th- there's an interesting thing about screen printing. I'm, I go all over the place. So hopefully that's cool. It is it is a limited art form, but it is still an art form. And with any art form, there are always imperfections. It doesn't matter if you're with a, a garage printer all the way up to a gigantic contractor that has fucking 20 automatics in a gi- in like a 30,000 square foot warehouse. It's still um, an art form, and because of that, there is always there's always going to be. St- not always, but there can be times where imperfections happen. Mm-hmm. So it's part of the game. Most printers are used to it and ready and aware of it. So if you get a product and it is your band, it takes a look at it and you're not happy with it, just don't go slam them on Yelp. Don't go slam them on Google. Call the printer because they are ready and willing to fix it. Mm-hmm. But w- what we don't want is to not be given the opportunity to fix it and then just have the person just all disgruntled and like, fuck that guy, right? That's the worst. I bet that happens to like everybody. Every like, shop. Every single thing. If you go to every single, sh- if you go to any print shop's reviews, you'll always see one, two, or three. Usually it's about two to three of where it was just some disgruntled customer. And then it's always right below it. The printer responds with like, <laughs> Why didn't you tell us? We would have gladly fixed it. We're so sorry. Call me now. I'll yeah, still we'll do fix it. <laughs> do so something. just, just, it, imperfections will happen. Hit the printer up. Just let them know, and they will always fix it. And if they don't, then go slam them <laughs> on social media. You know, bands. I'm sure they come to you, and they probably don't have a lot of cash for whatever. What yeah. would you suggest to them? Because I know, like, when I when I have bands are recording, they want to like, I want to do a whole album. Well, I only have this much money. Like, well. <laughs> What you could do with me is only do four songs instead of your whole album, like, yeah. and then you know work out. What would you do, like, in that situation? Yeah. So with your early graphics, definitely stick with one to three colors mm-hmm. first off. But the real cost in printing is actually multiple locations. So you should definitely. I hate it when I use that word. Definitely, you should try to stick to one location because that's where the costs really start to add Just up. Just shipping to you. No, one print location. Oh, okay. So doing just a front print is always going to be cheaper than a front and back. Oh, got it. Because ultimately, if you think about it from a production point of view, the way a shirt is printed is you go to the press, you grab it, you load it, Mm -hmm. and then it does its whole, you do your whole printing thing, you run it through the dryer. To do another location, you have to do that again. So you're essentially doing two jobs on one shirt. So you're doubling the cost. And this works with every single print shop across the the board. Mm -hmm. So... For sure, especially in the beginning when money is non-existent, 
try to stick to one location if at all possible. Okay. Yeah. What about like say uh, you got one big location and then like something that's like smaller like a pocket or a, or like a sleeve? Doesn't matter. Same thing. Yeah. So it, a lot there's a misconception that it's just the print size. Mm-hmm. You just always imagine it's you're loading it to print the first location, and if you have to load it again. That means you had to set up another set of screens on the press. Mm-hmm. It's another job. It's just the so same thing. So it's two thing. jobs on Doesn't one shirt. Big. Doesn't matter. Nice. Yeah. So one location. The colors typically won't. Multiple color prints won't typically be anywhere near as expensive as a single color with two locations. Oh, okay. Yeah. So keep that in mind. All Try right. to stick to one location. That's good. Nailed it. <laughs> so like, uh, you probably you definitely work with a lot of bands, right? Yeah, yeah. So you probably see what they're they're probably repeat buying or what's going on. What what do you think typically probably sells the best for bands? For a while in the hardcore scene, it was the, those big kind of similar Similar's to that size wise, but they were illustrated mm-hmm. graphics, right? Um, and then it, that was kind of when I got so I got into printing when it was kind of the hardcore scene was was kind of really getting a push and mm-hmm. all the local kids were doing it. So at that time, it was multicolor stuff. But then that scene switched over to like almost a a workwear shirt mm. single color pocket single color back right and i was like what the fuck is going on here <laughs> it changes so rapidly it's it's almost hard to keep up with it with what what the trends are within a particular industry that's crazy you probably have like a really great insight into that like if, yeah. i'm sure it's like just weird like what who started this and why is it this way yeah and and you will man like so because i remember there's actually one um one band i'm not going to shout them out or anything but they did this multicolor graphic and then the next time they come through they completely switch it up and it's that one color mm-hmm. one, one color back and i'm going what the shit happened <laughs> and then you could look at instagram and all of them were doing exactly the same thing so mm-hmm. it just happens like that just like so this one band goes that's cool i'm gonna do it yeah and you can't you cannot keep up with it when you're young you tend to imitate but imitation very rarely takes you anywhere you should really just try to make your shit as absolutely different as possible it might take a little bit longer for it to catch on some people might be like what the what is this? <laughs> but it, you know, if it's if it is like truly unique, at some point it'll catch on and it will it'll set you apart. I yeah, think. set you apart from what everybody else is doing. If you're not trying to follow the trends. Yeah, like you. Know, I mean, this is a horrible example, but do, do, how old are you? I'm 37. So you're my age exactly. You remember Ed Hardy? <laughs> yes. It, it came up, blew the hell up, and then it became a total joke. No one exactly. wore it. Now it's coming. Now you you see some of those hype beast kids mm. buying up vintage Ed Hardy. So, like, if you had been a band and you were doing that, then the hype beasts might even bought into your. You never know, but it's just try to be weird. Maybe dive into the past a little bit, a little bit like arcades. If you're like, I loved arcades when I was little, and then like, you know, at like in, in like 1999, you could like get rid of an arcade. Yeah, you know, like, yeah, come yeah. get it for free. And like, right. now, arcade bars are freaking everywhere, and they're expensive again. So yeah, that's right, dude. That is true. It's very, very true. Cobra Bar right down the way. Shout out Cobra Bar. I haven't really maybe been paying attention, but I haven't noticed any predominant trends at the moment it does still seem like it's kind of that workwear shirt mm-hmm. single color for single color left chest front and then the back thing in my opinion from what i have seen it doesn't matter what is on the shirt mm. it just often doesn't you dude I, I remember this was from a streetwear thing but this dude came in with this graphic and then i'm looking at it and it looked like it was created in Microsoft Paint, mm-hmm. like you were talking about earlier with the pixelated <laughs> shit, and I was like, there's no way that this is gonna sell. And this kid printed it, man, and he had this he had this aesthetic in his mind, mm-hmm. and sure shit, it sold like, he was he was getting them reprinted all the time. I, th- I think 
he had an aesthetic in mind and he marketed the shit out of it on whatever outlets he wanted to do and he was able to get people to buy into this look mm. and for and from a band's point of view you look at it all the great bands typically either have an incredible sound that's very different or they have an image, right? Like, did you see the Motley Crue thing that was recently out on Netflix? No. The Motley Crue. They, they were, they kind of like took that glam rock shit and then they brought it into the late 80s and it, and it worked for them, right? Yeah. So, but they just toured the shit out of it. So I think if you, you need to come up with something that's original and different and it's just going to come down to marketing. I don't really believe that the graphic itself matters as long as it's different. Yeah. Now we're talking more marketing though than, yeah. than like well, what a band would, would would or wouldn't do. Still, sometimes they need it. Do you think that uh, there are a lot of bands do more than like one design? Do they do like just one design and that's it? One and yeah, done? usually well, there are a handful of bands that we have that will do like they have their main merch, mm-hmm. their main merch line, but then they'll do like, a, so they will. So the, And then they'll do like, oh, well, we're going to... Albuquerque, so we want a specific show for Albuquerque, or we're doing this kind of thing for Fourth of July. Mm-hmm. But yeah, they'll usually one run one main graphic that they try to do almost for the whole album. Okay, and then they'll then they'll have like event specific stuff. Uh, some of them do, man. Yeah, I mean, I can't sit there and be that general. Mm-hmm. I listen like podcasts, and I always like, you need to have three different designs up yeah. there, and like, uh, and like I, I know, know when I go to a sh- about, I know <laughs> when I go to a show, you'll usually see bands that have three different designs to choose from. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I get it, but I think in the beginning, it's just more about if, if you're a good band and you're confident in yourself and you get out there and you crush it, they're gonna wanna represent you. And it's and sure. again, I don't so much know that it matters what the graphic is so much as the connection to the band. I think, I think and I know I do it in business too, you get caught up in the wrong goddamn things, mm-hmm. I think. Yeah. But, but again, man, this is just my opinion. Maybe as a band, you absolutely need to have three. That's why I'm interested in the band marketing stuff too, dude. You know, I, I definitely like as a mixing engineer and whatnot, and a recording engineer, I get caught up in like stupid crap like that, like all the time. I'll be like, well, you know, for me to be a better this, I need to have this, uh-huh. you know, like this plugin or whatever, this, you know, this software or whatever it is, you know, like, and I know, like, I was mixing the other day, I was like, I need, no, 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 <laughs> you're right, you don't need that, just go back and rework it a little bit and you'll be fine. And most of the great art came from simplicity, mm-hmm. like, m- most good things started and grew from simplicity and then when they put all the other crap into it is when it became shit like distraction yeah right and you, you've seen it with every great band mm-hmm. when they got all the money and they had all the big studios and all this stuff, and then all of a sudden they couldn't make nothing yeah I think uh, simplicity is key look at um, this maybe band people know maybe they don't but Supreme mm-hmm They'll, they'll like for a t-shirt they'll have one graphic per like one drop right they'll have sweatshirts and all this stuff but it's like one per drop per mm-hmm. week so I think if it was me and this now this is just me giving opinions if I were in a band dude I would do like a smaller run for each gig kind of thing that I'm gonna do and it would be smaller runs mm-hmm. and try to have one for every show so that people are kind of like collecting like oh That's I gotta true. go to this thing to get this one thing and then I'll go to the next one to get this other thing. And I would market it like, oh, limited limited graphic for this show. If you want this graphic, you better come to this goddamn show. Maybe so, not like every week, but like, you know, we've talked we? before, you kind of need, maybe when you're doing shows, especially in a certain area, you do like once every three or so months. Like that would be smart to do four different like prints a year. And people yeah. would be like, oh, I need to go to that show because I'm going to pick up my, my friend yeah. bands. And, nice if you could, and if you could really make it feel 
like there was some sort of a limited uh not like don't be a douche yeah, a douche about it but yeah like you you know this is this is you're only going to be able to get this between this and this show maybe like you said not for one show mm-hmm. but between these three All shows doing that like we're every doing, week that, that's not a good idea but. yeah right <laughs> but if it, between these three is the only time you can get it and then we're gonna then that one's done that's mm-hmm. a that's a wrap and you could even get funky with it like you could do the same graphic with different colorways mm-hmm. like this one was white on black this next one's going to be red on blue you could get funky with it and i think that that would be a better marketing ploy too to get people involved in buying it's true stuff. that's brilliant man <laughs> write that down yeah write it down baby i'm gonna write it down too because <laughs> i just came Sound up with check. that shit on the spot <laughs> but uh yeah man i just i don't know as far as the if you need multiple graphics i wouldn't do it but it's not to say that you should you shouldn't yeah it's again it's for the band, it's up to them, man. That's the fun. I think that that's the fun of it. Everyone can do it differently. There is no set in stone rule. And you don't need like you don't need a million dollars then to like to do all three. Like you know, that's one right. works great as long as you're promoting yourself. That's right. And that's another thing too. Like for me, I would rather like let's say I could have three mediocre graphics. If you're on a budget, mm-hmm. which I'm assuming a lot most, most young bands, bands are. I would rather spend and get one really good graphic from a very reputable artist instead mm-hmm. of getting three like mediocre ones, right? Yeah. So that makes sense. Keep that in mind too. And uh, that's the dude. dude Instagram is a, a killer resource for these designers. That's true. Like there's a bunch of them I've seen all over the place where they and they're you know they're not that expensive. No, I take I take I took design services out of here. Yeah. Yeah, because because I'll just tell them like I have a bunch of Instagram artists. You just hit them and up. I just I just tell the no I just tell the because I don't want to deal you with. You don't want to deal with. But I tell the clients hit these guys up. They're mm-hmm. affordable. They look at their look at their portfolio. They're killing it. Yeah. Hit them up when you get it. Come back and we'll print it for you. Nice. But whereas it used to be you had to have design in Nice. Yeah. But now it just doesn't make sense because even if you have the best designer in the area, if you have if you could have access thanks to Instagram to the, the best designers nationwide mm-hmm. or even in India or Asia, just because they don't speak English doesn't mean they ain't crushing it. Yeah, they can't make amazing and stuff. And then you gotta like pay for bucks. that dude to like be here all the time. Right, you're right. So it just didn't make sense. And those guys charge sixty nine bucks, dude. Mm-hmm. You can get a full color killer graphic or logo for it from an, Indi- an Indonesian for like sixty bucks. You're like, what the shit? That used to in the states that would cost you three or four hundred dollars. <laughs> yeah. So it's hot. We had to it turn is, the air off. We noticed it here in a second. <laughs> I'm a big I'm a big dude. It gets really warm really quick. Are there any like new uh, newer ish features or like processes or, or like inks or things that like help would help a band like maybe for their shirt to pop a little bit better than just normal? Say like I see a lot of bands with like just you know one color or two color things. Is there like you know a thicker ink or like a, a I don't know this crazy neon or something? Yeah, <laughs> you can do um, yeah for sure, and you can even get away with some really cool effects with like I said like three colors. Uh, one of the one that I've kind of seen have a research a resurgence, not research a resurgence recently is what they call high density. It's a little bit different than puff because it has like a, a sheared edge on it, so it looks like rubber was cut out okay. and glued on the shirt. So it's just it's thicker and not like rounded. Yeah, right. But you could also use puff. Um, you can just use like some glitter for accents. You can use glitter inks and all of these kind of things. Uh, there's foil which gives like the chrome look, mm-hmm. and most of those you know you can achieve you can make what was a one color print you can make it like a one color with an accent and then it's really going to pop and it really didn't cost that much more okay there's there's so much there's a lot of fun stuff you can do yeah that's just within screen printing and then if you wanted to go crazy with with money you can tack on embroidery to the screen printing like mm-hmm. how it harder used to do and then you can really go bananas with yeah it, man i'd love to see some people start doing like 
like it would be it would be legit if you saw some kind of band say fuck all the print shit we're gonna do a little polo type logo embro- embroidered just embroidered on our t-shirt and that's gonna be our merch man that would it would be it would be cool to see people start getting a little bit more get out of the box creative bit, with you know? it yeah so that's the one I want to do right now I feel like if I started a lineup it would be some little tiny embroidery like a pineapple <laughs> or some shit right there dude you know because that's that's just that's, cool. that's my band yeah that's, that's right, right <laughs> so uh, you can also and bands could also do fun like fun stuff for themselves like you could get dude this is this is if I was a band this is the kind of shit that I would do like especially if it was an outdoor event I would get white shirts and I would print like the band logo on it and then I would have like six different single color stencils and I would show up at the thing, man, and when it was like merch buying time, I would have my spray paint cans and my stencils and my white shirt. They buy the shirt, and then you, you the band, will go fucking ape shit on it. There's a lot of cool stuff you could do. Yeah. You could do your own tie-dyeing. You know, you could buy white shirts, get them pre-printed, and then you could tie-dye them yourself. There's just so much, man. Yeah. The creativity within merchandise is as limited or as vast as you want it to be. Okay. So, yeah, you can do a lot of cool shit. Well, like, we, we kind of went there already a little bit, then... Um you have you run a channel where you're basically like helping people or at least letting people know how how this business works if you either want to get into it or like here's an, here's some stuff to not want to get into like i was like yeah, oh wow that looked cool yeah. i don't know if i want to get into that do you think it would be uh advantageous for bands to print their own merch i think one color stuff yeah yeah what it takes money wise to start registering multicolor stuff mm-hmm. is a different story but dude a band can get a single don't buy the four color cheap but you can buy the single color cheap Chinese tabletop press. Yeah. And you can crank out one color stuff all day long. Okay. So like the, and I've seen the four color Amazon thing and I'm like, I don't know. Yeah. It looks kind of cheap. Well, the only time I would buy that is if I wanted to make four different single color graphics and have them rotating, but they don't register with each other. Okay. Right. So you could have this gra- this single color graphic, this single, and then that way you always have it up. And when you need to print up 24, you just ink it up. It'd be but, like a pain in the butt if you wanted to like register anything. Like yeah, that, you sure. just with those cheap ones, you just don't want to have to register two colors together. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's too technical depending on who's watching yeah. and listening. But single color, yes. Mm-hmm. Multicolor, it's going to be a little more shaky. You're going to end up putting a lot more money into it than it would have cost you to just get a damn printer to do it. Yeah. And I don't know if you guys are like like me when I was like, what's screen printing? And I didn't even freaking know that it's an actual effing screen. <laughs> like, I'm like, yeah. oh, wow, this is really, what? And so, so, like, basically, they coat the screen, like, it's an actual screen, like your back porch screen. Uh-huh. And then they, like, use some, like, sunlight emulsion crap, and it, like, washes through. And that's and then they use a squeegee and put the paint on the inside, put it on your shirt, and just squeegee it across. And so, like, one, sh- so one thing you could do on your own. But you're yeah. saying, like, if it has multiple and it's a really cheap machine, you're trying to do thing- colors on top of colors. Like, this shirt would have... A red and a black and a white and a that's right yellowish gold and so then you'd have to all like make sure that it's all aligned right and that and would be a pain in the ass the alignment right I'm glad that you actually made an example yeah the alignment of that is difficult mm. with it with a low quality press yeah but if you if you were just printing the white in that mm-hmm. and, and you know I've you see really good graphics done all the time in single color if mm-hmm. you have a good designer uh, then it's super easy because you don't have to register it. But if you're trying to get that red to lay over that white, dude, you're in, you're gonna like be in a world of hurt. all over it. Yeah, what you will happen with you is the red will be shifted and you'll see white poking out from his right peck. Yeah. So you just, don't do it. Not in the beginning. No. Yeah. There are some other DIY things you can do from home. Like you can technically cure the shirts in your oven. Mm. Don't recommend it, but you can do it. Um, you can... Uh, you get a little cheap flash to cure so there's a lot yeah you can do it for pretty cheaply i think you could get set up with a single color kit for probably about a thousand bucks and 
be producing. So I, I thought it would be a cool idea before I came here. I was like, well, what if they got stuff printed at their at their print shop, and then they had like one of these one one print thing, and you had like your name on it, like whoever was whoever's in the band that's like, like I don't know, it was the guitarist's day to get the shirts, or whatever. And just like whoosh, this is I I'm the one that like kind of ordered these and did these or whatever. Yeah. Like I think that'd be kind of cool to or even just well, you all put your names like signature on the inside, maybe underneath the sleeve or underneath or whatever, or on the back of the sleeve. No yeah. Sorry, and like sorry. that could be a little bit of extra if you guys were up to it like you could do yeah that'd make be it a little tight, personal man. so you yeah. wouldn't have to worry about that you know yeah it'd be tight if, yeah if each band member kind of had their own little screen and yeah. like you can get again it doesn't have to be perfect you can take a shirt lay it on a table lay the screen on it pull uh cure it with a heat gun yep done and now, so the now you gave like them that. a little touch yeah you know like and it gives them that feel of like it's custom it's a one-off yeah personal if i were a band brother i I would be playing that merch game to the fullest extent. Make sure it's not just like a you know here's here's our flyer kind of thing. Like like no, this is this is called cool. This is different. This one's for you. That's like, right. I think that would be dude. After this, hopefully we start seeing some bands take advantage of it. <laughs> hopefully, that kind of stuff, man. We see a lot of these companies coming out. Probably more more or less probably for like YouTube people, or they may not know how many people are gonna buy like their T-shirts, so they can do these like. I don't know if it's Teespring or other things like that to where they're like, I don't know if they're DTG printers or what yeah. they are to where they're like just one-offs like, oh, hey, buy my shirt over here. And it, and this other company will print your shirt and do all that stuff and ship it and everything. And I'm sure they get like nothing from that. But like, what do you what do you think of that stuff? I'm like, down for it. Yeah, yeah, I think in the beginning, it, because you're just trying to keep a budget. In the beginning, it's not about profit. I know, I know everybody wants to just be rich right out the gate. Mm -hmm. But in the beginning, it's just about playing the game. And... Those companies like Printful for Shopify, Teespring is attached, I think, to YouTube. Right? Yeah, I think so. Um, and even Amazon Merch, they all have their place, and they will allow you to also test what designs are popular. So if you did have three designs in a row, mm -hmm. I would get them on those platforms first, see which ones are selling, and then produce them in quantity oh, cool. to, to up your profit margins, right? Yeah, because um, I'm sure you make absolutely squat. You don't make nothing on like but a dollar is, for a twenty dollar T-shirt. That's about right. I think it'll. You may make three or four bucks depending on the volume you're doing, like mm -hmm. in a given pay period for them. But absolutely, if you have a internet presence, test your designs through those platforms, mm -hmm. and it'll allow you to at least get the shirts into the people that are interested in what you're doing's hands. And if they start selling, go to production. Cool. Yeah, man. But they're cool. I, I like digital. I think that it is going to be very soon. I think that it will. I think it'll it may even surpass screen printing in some situations like under 100 pieces I think that yeah. it'll, it'll everything will be printed digitally under 100 yeah. even shops like mine like that will be replaced with a digital printer at some point at some point you move to that you think yeah man it's just and if at first it sucked and it still kind of sucks mm -hmm. but I think you give it another five years and they're gonna have it they're gonna have a lockdown yeah because I buy like obviously I, I'm a nerd so I buy a lot of like crap shirts like that because that's just what i wear and so i actually bought some for my kids uh and they were like one-off kind of things but it was i can't remember that it's a t fury or something like that one of those websites yeah. but like you can get whatever that this is cool design that you like and whatever color shirt and whatever or anything and they just probably print one off like like that but it doesn't look as nice i feel like yeah it's getting there is it, it good? yeah i don't think it's there yet and they have issues with um washed fastness right they're yeah. it, it, they, it's it definitely right. goes like out faster yeah it used to be like 10 washes but i think a lot of them have jumped up to like maybe even 50 washes before okay. it's like a full breakdown mm. uh but eventually man they'll get it locked in you know like the, the offset press which is how 
magazines and stuff used to be printed. Mm-hmm. It was all it was all some form of screen printing, but it used plates instead. And that's how they printed every magazine. And and all the offset guys were like, this is never going to happen. Digital's not going to take over. And it was a, a 20, 30 year expanse, but oh, eventually wow. digital fucking took it. And so it's, it's the same thing with this, man. Eventually changed from like this old fashioned kind of like squeegee yeah. to like actually printer, like these new machines are direct to garment. That's why I said DTG yeah. to where these machines, you know, they take a longer time to set up, right? But like no DTG does not really, that's, dude. That's why they're so. That's why they're so enticing, man. Because screen printing takes a long time to set up. Mm. DTG, man, like you don't have to set it. Like people don't understand a screen printing that like if you bring me that, mm-hmm. I have to go into Illustrator or Photoshop and I have to isolate the plates. Mm-hmm. You have to you know you have to burn the film. You have to print the films after you've isolated the plates. If you screwed something up, you're gonna have to print the films again. Yeah. But you take the films, you gotta burn them on the screens, and then you gotta take those screens and you gotta tape them off, and then you gotta get them on the press, and then you gotta get them lined up, and all of that shit, man. It, it sucks the any kind of profit that was that could have been in the job that could, especially if one thing goes wrong digital you take that file you load it into the thing um, maybe like resize or something you can resize it you can scale it where you want even if it's not the best quality digital like has these these processors that kind of fix it a little bit they mm-hmm. can even make it look a little bit better uh, and it just takes all of that pre leg work out of it man. nice I think with direct garment it is the way of the future but Dude. as of right now screen printing is still kind of going to be the main way you do it. Mm. Oh, you think you're going to be like getting into that at some point in time? Yeah. I uh so I would say for if, if my shop if I, if I decided to take let's say 500k and invest in something, I would not invest in automated uh screen printing equipment. Okay. I might get a little tiny one and maybe put 50k into it or something like that. Mm-hmm. But if I were going to do a substantial investment, which I will, but it will be, I will be waiting for digital to get a little bit further along, and then that's where I'm going to That's when you'll jump and take sail there. Yeah, man. And, and it's gonna, it's it's awesome. Dude, if you go to the actual screen printing conventions, bro. Yeah. Like, it, because they're not really in the industry yet, so not everyone's using them. But these DTGs that are being developed and they're showcasing, it's just like, blows your mind. And they're doing it almost at screen printing speeds now. Like, the print head is this goddamn big <laughs> and it's like and that they load the shirt on the thing and it's on this huge conveyor thing and it goes done full <laughs> fucking color man three passes whereas the smaller ones is like did it take i've seen them some minutes. of them looks like forever so yeah. i was wondering like well i guess this is still faster or whatever yeah. but like there's all this stuff like really intrigued me because at the beginning i was like well, maybe i could do something like this and now because you could music stuff Especially for recording, it's it's not paying at the moment. So Nothing I was like, pays, oh, that'd be cool. Maybe. And then I was like, that's a lot of work. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 I think you would really enjoy doing single color stuff. Yeah. I think that if you just wanted to get started on it, get yourself a little heat gun, get your single color press, mm-hmm. a couple screens, and it's it's fun to just have a little idea and be able to put it on. The exactly. Shirt. And I think that that's where everybody should start. And then if you get that that itch, the itch starts coming, and you mm-hmm. want to do a little bit more, then you start building it over time. Oh, I imagine like I spoke to a couple other guys that were like they do some other stuff for other bands. And that's probably how they kind of got involved in that stuff. Yeah, like hey, I like your stuff. Who gets it? Well, I'd do it. You know, well, can you do mine? You uh-huh. know? And it, so. it's, I think that's exactly the way it'll go. Damn it, dude. Yeah, fuck it. I had something else <laughs> I was gonna say, and it's gone. Sorry. That's cool. No, I liked what you said, but I wanted to rip on it. But like right as you were finishing up, I forgot where I was gonna <laughs> go with it. So it's um, okay, we're old. Right. Dude. I don't know if it's the age or what it is, man. I used to feel like I was sharp. Mm-hmm. I think it's juggling crap. When you get to this age, you're like, I can juggle more. And yeah. then you're like, 
What was that? I just... Oh, shoot. <laughs> That's what it is, dude. <laughs> Fucking it's involuntary retardation from uh, having too many things going on. It's true. Dude! I think unless you... Actually, you know what? I had one last one. Do you have any, like, other tips for bands and whatnot that, like, just getting into merch and stuff? I'm sure it's scary at the beginning. I think... I don't... I don't... I think that, obviously, merch is important, but I think that bands... Should I mean? Of course, the music is a viable, extremely important. Having good music is extremely important. But the marketing, man, not just with the merch, but thinking about how you're going to present this whole this thing as a whole, mm -hmm. right? And, and so, merch is part of that. And um, but I think uh, you should come up with really cool marketing campaigns that are outside of what you see other bands doing. And whether it's what we were talking about earlier about doing some custom embellishment at the event on your merch yeah i think that that's the game dude and i think that that would set you apart on merch from a merch point of view um and then also what we were saying just utilize those um made to order things in the beginning to test out graphics and see what's a winner yeah um other than that yeah you asked all the questions i feel like we really did cover we covered quite a bit yeah I, dude it's simple you're not going to make a lot of money at it in the beginning but it's Merch, in my personal opinion, in the beginning, it's not about the money. It's just about being able to play the game for as long as you can. And merch will help you play the game and help you get yourself out there, you know. Yeah. And there's, there's no better business card than a t-shirt. In my opinion, if, if I were a band, this is another thing I'd say. I would, I would have, um, like, my good, sh like, the shirts, maybe the multicolor stuff. But I would also have cheap white t-shirts with, with just the name, like, logo shirts mm -hmm. that I'm willing to give away. That's true. Because at the end of the day, man, you're just trying to get that name out there. You're trying Especially to get association going on, right? Do you like, uh, one of the things that, like, I know is because I love t-shirts. Like, I just love, like, this kind of crap. Mm -hmm. As long as it feels good. Like, yeah. is that, like, a big deal? It is. So, and that's where you got to visit the shop and get familiar with the brand. Now, dude, like in 2019, there's Comfort Colors, there's Gildan, there's Next Level, there's Bella, there's All Style, there's All Made, there's, uh, dude, I mean, the list goes, I can't name them all. Mm -hmm. So, but in each one of those manufacturers, the shirt feels different. It has a completely different cut. It's some are longer, some are shorter, some have big sleeves, some have fitted sleeves. You got, you, that's where your due diligence comes in. You need to figure out what cut fits your demographic and then you and then uh, then you can worry about the print. But yeah, I think figuring out the blanks the first step. Dude. Yeah, and uh, each one of them is different, completely different. I didn't even think about that. Like yeah. about, like even sizing different with shoulders or whatever else. Everything's like, crazy. Yeah, man, it's it, it varies wildly. Uh, and here's a, here's something that I do. I actually tell customers this shit too because most shops, unless they have it in the thing, and, and no shop can have every blank. It's mm -hmm. impossible. There's so many of them, but. You could get down to like your top five or six brands. They do. I hate to promote Amazon because of course they're the devil, but that you can get in there and you can get those blanks off Amazon for four or five bucks a piece. Okay. And you can you can sample that way. At least see what that is. Yeah, you can just order those main ones, and you can that way you can get them, you can wash test them, you can do all the stuff to you find out what them out. Yeah. Because most shops, although they'll have samples of the stuff, they may not be pre they may not be mm -hmm. washed. So. Yeah, I find if I buy in, like, this is actually, I think this is maybe a Target shirt. Like, normally ones about Target kind of suck, to be yeah. honest. Like, I'm, like, I have, like, a longer torso, but I'm a bigger dude, so I need an XL. Yeah, and they always shrink up to where it's, like, yeah, almost belly. like I'm wearing, like, <laughs> it's a 1980s belly shirt. Yeah. <laughs> I would say if you're starting out, there's there's three main cut differences, or let's say four. You're going to check out your Gildans. That's your cheapie. Mm -hmm. Order a Gildan 2000 on Amazon. 
Uh, get on Amazon, order the next level 3600. We're going all cotton for this. Okay. Next level 3600 is more slim fit, a little bit longer in the body, tight in the arm. So it's for those, you know, uh, it looks good on those people. Mm -hmm. uh, check out the Bella 3001. That's a little bit boxier, but it's got the same soft cotton feel at the next level. And then check out anything from American Apparel, the cotton. Yeah. And if you get those four models off of Amazon, you're going to see a, there's a huge fluctuation in all of Just those have very different cuts, very different types of fabric. Um, in terms of fabric qualities, we can talk about that real quick. Sure, yeah, go for it. Okay, so the, the, really the main differences are with, within cotton, first of all, and cotton has what, what they would call carded, and you'll see most of like the cheaper brands like the Gildans and the Hanes, the entry-level stuff, will be carded cotton or some form of carded cotton. Mm -hmm. The next step up, which is a little bit higher quality, is um, ring spun cotton which has just got the little bit softer feel like that's like more than likely ring spun yeah okay. um and then like the next step up from there is um combed and ring spun so that's going to be premium it's going to cost the most kind of mm. and then within that you can also find blends like they have tri-blends that will have rayon polyester and then usually combed ring spun cotton well, does that make them last longer it, it's more of a dry fit kind of feel they're typically a little bit lighter they're not as heavy okay. uh and they i feel like they kind of present more of a vintage okay. like this this is more than likely a tri-blend as well okay yeah it's probably got some kind of rayon in it. so start there so we didn't even talk about garments and bits, so we had to cover that exactly <laughs> thank you for covering it because yeah. i was like oh, yeah, I, don't, I don't know nothing about this yeah i mean like totally guys check out the print life i love the channel like i don't even print it's freaking hilarious half the time and i'm just a nerd i just like into that stuff so go to youtube subscribe to the print life and then ding the bell so you actually get notified when i upload a new thing follow me instagram and twitter at cam urban that's c-a-m E-A-R-V-E-N. We have a podcast. Only if you're into screen printing stuff outside yeah. of that. But uh, it's on iTunes, Google Play. It's the Print Life Podcast. If you need shirts printed in any way, shape, or form, monumentlimited.com. We have an incredible quote building tool on there, so you don't even have to call me if you don't want to. You can go on the website. The quoting tool is legit, so just go check it out. You'll see what I mean. It looks pretty cool. Like I looked into it. I think one of your videos is like showing how to do it. It's yeah. pretty funny. It's legit, man. So definitely use that tool. Even if you don't work with us, it's a great tool for you to kind of get a baseline of where pricing is. Oh, sweet, brother. Thanks, Thank sir. you, man. I appreciate the opportunity. No problem. Well, thanks, guys, for sticking around for this one. And uh, sticking around through this podcast, it's quickly, you know, changing into a, you know, a weird myriad of what we kind of have to deal with within society right now, and uh, kind of just a journal of what's going along. Uh, now that my daughter's woken up, I think she wants to talk on the mic. But uh, <laughs> thanks, guys, for checking out. If you could do me a favor, please subscribe uh, through Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, any podcast platform is out there. Plus, uh, we also have a YouTube channel in case you want to watch on there. Thanks for listening.